Hi, I'm Adam Henson. Welcome to Keeping On Track, a podcast series made by the farming community for the farming community. Thank you, Adam. I'm Dominic Arkwright. In this programme, we're going to hear another personal story and a powerful one too. We've been speaking to Terry Pickthall, Senior Lecturer and Placement Manager for Agriculture at Harper Adams University. We'll hear about his own experience of mental ill health. Some of it's quite disturbing. He talks about wanting to end his own life. But also we'll hear the positive steps Terry takes to stay well and how important it is to recognise the signs of mental ill health and, crucially, take action. So, this is Terry Pickthall. Back in 2021, when we had the over sort of uh, arching problems around the pandemic and we were we ended up doing a lot of work from home and being feeling very isolated things seem to deteriorate far faster for me than they'd done previously and I have never ever had any thoughts or concerns about wanting to take my own life back in 2021 almost out of nowhere that thought started to become quite a significant occurrence to the point where I actually put steps in place to do something about it thankfully I didn't go through with it Um, and my wife who um, had had sort of worked out what was going on but it all happened very quickly and you know we hadn't really had time to talk it through she thought I was I was going to be okay Um, she involved the police because she was worried I'd disappeared and the police actually came to our house uh, and they were absolutely amazing and they sought me out support at a local mental health charity. I'm based in Shropshire. Uh, and the two police officers actually drove me to this place called the Shropshire Sanctuary where I could sit and chat to a couple of crisis counsellors. And I think that was a really, really pivotal moment in kind of helping me realise where I was and, and perhaps what I needed to do, but also that it was possible to, to come back from the brink of that. And at the point that I decided to, yeah, make that attempt on my life it'd been going on for several months I'd engage with all the support I could get through my GP but bearing in mind we're in the middle of the pandemic actually getting to talk to a healthcare professional was virtually impossible so I just felt like I'd exhausted all my options Um, I wasn't going to get any better I'd become a real burden on my on my family and you know I could, could barely get out of bed I could barely eat I was um not being a part of family life and I just kind of thought well you're hating what's going on. Um, it would certainly take all the kind of negativity, pain and suffering away from you very easily, very quickly. Job done. But, you know, you when, when you're in that state, trying to make any decisions is, is, is really best avoided. You're not in the right position to make sound decisions about things. So making really life changing and, you know, there's, there's nothing more life changing than, than, than t- putting your own life at risk. Decisions you've got to realise, no, I need to. I need to try and step back from this uh, and not take actions on the things which are coming up in my in my thought chain. Around about the same time, one of our students had also taken his own life while he was out on placement, um, and it had a, a very profound effect on me. As I started to feel better through seeking out counselling and, and also taking medication, one thing I, I feel is that I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to consider myself recovered. I mean, you never... You never get fully better from the sort of mental illness I have. You, you, you learn to live with it and deal with it. And, and generally, you know, if you were to say, well, as a proportion of your life, how much of it have you enjoyed? I've got to be talking the 85 to 90 percent mark. So I'd consider myself fairly high functioning and able to live a, a pretty normal life. But I came so close to bringing it to an end in 2021. And then I realised a, a 21 year old student and um, had 
actually gone through with that and I just considered well he was in the wrong place at the wrong time without the access to the right support or just in that place where he took the decision that little bit further than I had and he now has no opportunity to to do anything about that and to get the help and and get back to enjoyment of of life it was that that sort of spurred me to say well if I can get better and I can find a way back hopefully so can others but it's also about sort of sharing that story that you know these these things can happen to you they can happen to anybody um they don't necessarily have to happen for a specific reason although sometimes they are triggered by things like a bereavement or a particularly stressful situation for me it was just a a combination of things that that built up to create that perfect storm if that message gets out to just one person and makes them realize they can do the same whether they're so poorly that they're thinking about ending their own life or they're just not very happy and thinking there's nothing I can do about it. If I help one person, I I feel it's been very worthwhile. And Terry Pickthall is committed to helping others recognise the signs that they or someone they know is slipping and do something about it because the help he received and continues to get saved his life. You know, to do things like go on holiday, um, particularly as the pandemic had kind of let go of its grip so we could do things a a lot more normally. To be able to be back at work and sit and talk to my students and and help them and and, and spend time with them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a job I get a lot from because they're great folk and, you know, you have a lot of fun as well as doing a serious job. Um, Yeah, I was really grateful of thinking well if I'd done what I was thinking of doing last May I wouldn't have had that day I wouldn't have had that experience I wouldn't have spent that time with people I wouldn't have seen how my my children are are growing up Um, and yeah sometimes I I could sit and feel very emotional about it because you think well you know thankfully I didn't do it and I've had all those things but it again it it makes me think of folk like our there's there's been at least three three of our students at Harper Adams who've taken their own life in the last couple of years uh, and that's nothing specific to our university it's it's a it's a symptom of the challenges young people are under and the challenges people in our sector face but I think about them all the time and I think well they were in that little bit of a worse place or hadn't quite been able to get the right help or were just in that little bit more of a crisis situation without someone to intervene. Uh, and they're now, they're now going to miss out on all those things. And that's tragic. Uh, it really is. But what I want to do is is just try and spread the word and, and help and hopefully encourage more people to seek out the right support and treatment before things deteriorate to that point. And, you know, the, the individuals I'm referring to, in at least two of the cases, there was an absolutely no, no, no inkling that that was what that individual was thinking about doing or was about to do. It came very suddenly. So it almost seems even, even harder and more shocking for, the, for, for those around them that that's what happened. And, you know, you can't be in the right place to intervene for everybody but if you can help uh, raise the profile of this as a something that it's okay to talk about and it's okay to make people aware of and that there are ways that you can get help, that you don't have to take that such, you know, finite step, it will hopefully help a little bit. For Terry, the key is knowing what to look for. So if you notice uh, whether there's a physical manifestation of those symptoms, which it is for me, so I start to, I can't sleep properly. Uh, I normally, if you you could see me, I eat fairly well. Um, You know, I love my food. Uh, I can't eat. And I feel completely depersonalised. And there's this kind of click where you think, oh no, I'm not myself here. And that can be transient. It can go away again. You think, oh no, I've 
pushed it back into its place, um, things are back in balance and then it'll come back. If you're finding that you're having more bad days than good days, there are some um, fantastic little questionnaires that the NHS use and my therapist, who is a, she's a private therapist I see, she's been absolutely brilliant and she's said, if you, if you go on to do a simple Google search, you can find these um, anxiety and depression little questionnaires you can do them yourself uh, add the score up at the end they're not not that complicated and it will give you an indication as to where you're where you're sat on the kind of clinical scale for right do i need to seek help so you can find fairly simple ways of checking yourself out but i think for many people if they know they're not themselves or if people around you say look something has changed here you don't seem to be yourself that's a kind of a, a signpost to try and do something about it and at Harper Adams, Terry Pickthall is alert to the pressures facing young farmers. I spend quite a lot of time seeing students on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, and we actually, as part of our, our placement um, process, we ask students um, very gently about any of anything that's going on in their lives or health we need they need we need to be aware of that might impact their ability to work on placement similarly our course tutors and our brilliant team of well-being support uh, within our student services function offer lots and lots of opportunities for students to talk but of course there are those who just don't want to can't or find it very difficult and then it just becomes about using your, your intu intuition and experience, really. And, and from my perspective, because I know what it's like to feel like that, perhaps I'm, I'm fairly well tuned to just getting that vibe. This person's not quite, quite right. They might seem a bit emotional. They might seem a bit edgy. They might be very uncommunicative. And if it's a student, I've built a rapport with over the, the years that they've studied here and I see that they're different. That's the other thing I would I would pick up on. You know, whether it's in a whether it's in a class and I see them every week or it's when I've seen them one to one, um, if they're suddenly different and that different is withdrawn or, you know, not participating in stuff, um, just kind of um, looking like they've, they've lost the mojo is perhaps how I would describe it. It's, it's there's nothing wrong in asking. They might just be having a bad day. They might just be feeling off. They might have fallen out with someone or locked the keys in the car and they'll go, well, you know, it's a bit of a rubbish day, but I'm all right. You think, OK, um, and there's nothing wrong with asking twice. OK, but are you really sure you're all right? Because everyone likes to say, yeah, I'm fine. Um, do it myself. But if someone actually goes, no, come on, are you all right? Um, that can often be the uh, the sort of hook that that goes in that you think right no someone is someone is actually genuinely interested in my answer here so i'm going to tell them i'm i'm not all right no i'm not and that then opens up the discussion as to well why and what can i do to help not everyone enjoys being told well you don't seem yourself today but there's, there's there's perhaps a time and a place you know if say if someone is is obviously very different from how they normally are um and is struggling or is looking like they're they're, they're sort of breaking down it may not be something you raise with them straight away. You might be in a social situation. You might still be, I don't know, let's say you're in the middle of a lecture and you think, well, I'm not going to do that now because there's, there's so many people around or the, the, the situation is such that it's a bad time. You can also, thanks to social media, ask people in different ways. You can drop them a WhatsApp. Everything OK? Sure you're all right? Here for you if you need me. But at the end of the day, no one is ever going to blame or be angry with you for trying to help someone who you think is, is at risk. If you're in a position where you can see someone is suddenly not themselves, do something about it.
Terry Pickthalls had many years' experience of managing his mental health, and it involves a variety of techniques. The willpower and, and, and sort of self-belief that you will get better is really, really important. Um, and I, I know myself, when you're in your sort of worst, in your worst place, that's not there, it disappears, and that's what leads to that feeling of desperation. But it does come back. For me, I've, I've used um, antidepressant therapy prescribed through my GP for the best part of 25 years, on and off, so I don't, not in a position where I, I have to take it all the time, but, you know, there's they're not a medication like a, the sort of perception of, well, swallow this and you'll feel better, if only such a thing was there, but it's it's not the case. They're things that you have to take for a sustained period of time. Things like being able to take regular exercise. And again, if you're, if you're working very hard in an agricultural environment, although your job may be physical, it's not the same as good quality, relaxing exercise. You know, it doesn't have to be running hard and going to the gym. It could be just going for a walk, but going for a walk somewhere different. Um, taking the time where you're walking around to appreciate your surroundings and not feel that you don't have time to do it. There's an element of mindfulness to that. And again, there are all these techniques, but... You don't have to practice them, you know, exactly as you might read in a book. You don't have to meditate and sit on a, on a cushion with your legs crossed for three hours. If you can and you do and it works, brilliant. But mindfulness could be just spending a couple of minutes looking at some plants in the garden or looking at some crops in a field and saying, oh, I, can, I can see what's going on with the, the development stage of the plant or I can see what phase of the year we're in and, um, you know, I'm noticing that there's insects and stuff moving around on them, obviously, if you're an arable farmer that may cause you extra stress but um you know where i'm coming from it's just being able to have that time and space and be in the right place to focus on things and, and try and move forward with them i think for some people that the, the chatting can be enough just being able to articulate and explain what it is that's bringing you into that bad place and seeking someone's perspective on it whether it's a chat with a mate in the pub or you know through the work I've done with the Farm Communities Network, folk like feed reps and vets who are out on farm, they're often one of the, the sort of few non-close non family members that people in agriculture see. Maybe that you feel you open up while you're having a cup of tea and, and talk, to, uh, talk to them. And so it may be that the chat with someone does feel a bit futile and you think, well, I've shared it, but I come away and the problems haven't gone away and my situation hasn't changed. But I think that's where you think, OK, but at least I've... At least I've recognised I've got a problem. At least I've been able to explain it to someone else. But what am I going to do next? Uh, and that's where you think about, well, is it a chat to a GP? Is it a talk to a mental health counsellor or professional? With the way the NHS is under a phenomenal amount of pressure at the moment, that can have a very long um, waiting time. And there can also be a lot of frustration in trying to get an appointment with a GP and then trying to get referred to mental health services and phoning numbers which ring endlessly for ages. And I've, I've been there myself. If you're in a position where you can afford to speak to a, a private therapist, there are lots of them out there. A simple Google search in your area will find people who can give you the impartial and professional support. Of course, there's lots of us who are not in a position to be able to afford that. I mean, it's not as expensive as you may think. I've paid about £60 a session, which, again, if you're doing it every week, it's not an insubstantive amount of money to spend. But what price do you put on your health? You know, 
can't really buy a decent meal out for two for, for £60 these days. So there we are to put it into some context. But there are also some fantastic charities out there. So I've mentioned the Farm Communities Network, but there are other organisations like Yana over for East Anglia, the DPJ Foundation in Wales. So whether it's you know private medical insurance, private therapists, the NHS, one of the volunteer um, organisations, or talking to those who are who are close to you, or ideally a combination of all those things. You know you. Um, you don't always fix a problem with one tool, do you? You need a toolbox. Um, you can't just uh, fix everything with a hammer like Jeremy Clarkson would try and do. Sorry, Jeremy, if you're listening. Love your program. Um, but you have to use a different range of uh, a different range of t- tools to, 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 to fix it. You know, you've got uh, and, and think about those different things that I've, I've spoken about as, um, as, as the different parts of a toolkit. Um, and, you know, the, the more you learn to use those tools and use them for the right job, then the better that you, uh, the better chance you stand of being able to get things back into that better place. I've seen quite a lot of inspirational comments and quotes through the through the things I've read and the, and the folk I've spoken to. But the phrase "this will pass," I think, is um, is a really important one to take with you. Your emotions aren't permanent, um, or they certainly in my case they will change and you can help change and manage them and get yourself better um, when you understand that and you 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 seek the right support whether it's as I say you know taking a taking medicine or receiving talking therapy or having a change of lifestyle or doing something a bit differently or what's more likely to be the case going back to the toolkit analogy more than one of those things um, and only only you can really work out what that looks like but be aware that there are options out there and that they can help you get out of that, that bad place no matter how bad it is and it's worth giving it a go what have you got to lose? That was Terry Pickfall with a clear message that if we're feeling something's wrong we really mustn't be ashamed or embarrassed to talk about it I'm Dominic Arkwright that's all for now Here's Adam. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping On Track. I hope you found some things in it which were helpful for you or someone you know. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, you can find more information about organisations which can provide help and support by going to teamdoctor.org forward slash farmers. Mm-hmm.